three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you're having a great week so far. I've got a review here for the Benedict Cumberbatch, his latest vehicle, The Courier, which is written by uh, Tom O'Connor, who you will have known from writing uh, The uh, Hitman's Bodyguard, which, if you've listened to our review, I or the hitman's bodyguard and he's also writing uh, the hitman's wife's bodyguard so excited to see what he does with that and he, uh, this is directed by dominic cook who has really done mostly uh like smaller like video like shorts and miniseries really no really no big films to speak of so this is a big moment uh, for him, so uh, Dominic Cook, sir, congratulations! And I will say, congratulations on directing a hell of a movie. This movie's like I know I've tried to build up some suspense. Like, how did I think? How did I feel about it? This movie's awesome. I freaking adore this movie. What a what a wonderfully pleasant surprise. Uh, I got a screener for this, and I'm a huge. Benedict uh, Cumberbatch fan, you know, outside of just being Doctor Strange and Sherlock, uh, even the little bit of him we got in 1917 was fantastic. He was great as the Grinch. Uh, I, uh, he's he was great as a agent classified on a penguins, as he'd say, of Madagascar uh, imitation game. Uh, game. He's incredible in that movie. Uh, of course, Khan and Star Trek Trek in the Darkness, uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which I think this film is somewhat similar to. Um, the man's an incredible actor. He, he really is. To a point where I almost feel like he might be too good of an actor because we just don't give him nearly enough credit. Like, I just, I love me some Benedict Cumberbatch. And he, the thing about him is that we don't really get to see him just play normal, normal people. You know what I mean? Like, you don't see him too often just play people who don't have, you know, a high sense of intelligence or, aren't, you know, martial artists or, you know, fucking sorcerers or whatever. So I was really happy to see him playing someone who's more of a of a Joe Schmo in, in that sense. Him playing a Grivel, a Grivel Win here. I adore the way that he played the character because he really does come across like a guy who just happens through a hilarious set of circumstances happens to go ahead and get involved in this thing that's much bigger than himself you know um win is a very you know just just an unassuming you know businessman um has been mildly success uh, successful but you know doing enough to keep the lights on but really not getting ahead and so he uh is uh recruited by rachel uh oh god i'm gonna butcher your name i'm so sorry uh rachel brosnahan who plays uh emily donovan i haven't seen her 
in in anything prior to this, but I will say I'm a I'm I'm a fan. Um, one of the few complaints I actually have about this movie is that because of where the story goes, Emily isn't involved. Uh, Emily isn't as involved as I would like her to be in this film. Because at the end of the day, this film really isn't about her. Even MI6, it's about the conflict and how this every man is supposed to navigate it. But she has an incredible screen presence and she has this true authority when she's on screen that even when she's talking to, to, to Benedict Cumberbatch, she feels like she's right there on that same level, which is a hell of a thing to be for me to be able to say, considering I haven't seen her in anything before. So I really hope she continues to excel and grow as an actress. But, uh, uh, yes, Rachel, I'm a huge fan of yours already. You're wonderful. But, she goes ahead and recruits uh, Greville because we are in the '60s here, and we are at the uh, we're at the point where the nuclear arms race, where everyone's just buying up and getting every you know, nuclear warhead they can find. We're on this collision course with uh, you know with Russia until Magneto saves us all, but uh, Magneto and the X Men <laughs> save us all, but. I really like this film because it reminded me a lot of Bridge of Spies because, of course, you know, very similar as far as the plot and everything. But there is a special type of tension when you take someone who does not belong in the situation they're in. And not only are they, you know, continuing to be in that situation, but uh, that situation, but they really buy into it. And that's the part where, for me, the movie really takes off because Benedict, uh, uh, because Greville is talking to this man played by uh, Marab, uh, oh my gosh, Nenenzi, I'm going to go Nenenzi, sure, Uh, he plays uh, Oleg uh, Pekoski, but he makes the, uh, has a line in the movie where he goes, my my name doesn't sound good in English, just call me uh, Alex, and the the heart (laughs) of this movie Obviously, you know, we don't want the world to blow up, but the true heart of this movie is Greville and Alex's relationship. I, that was the biggest surprise for me. I could not believe how much I loved their romance or or bromance. They were so fucking sweet together and it made me so happy Whenever they were on screen, they were delightful together. And uh, Marab, sir, I, I'm not I'm not familiar with his work, but I feel like this guy must have must have been acting for uh, forever. He's got uh, credits going back. Uh, the first thing he did was back in 1984, and you know guest spots uh, here and there. Uh, several films uh, really. From 06 on or 2011 on seems like he's been working uh, pretty consistently but I was so happy to see this guy because he's an actor that I'm gonna go oh yeah you were in the courier next time I see him he was a genuine delight and him and uh, him and uh, Benedict have a couple scenes together that I just went wow this is incredibly well done the one scene, and this is very early on, where they go ahead and they go see uh, Cinderella because Gr- Greville had never been 
uh, to the ballet before, and Alex flat out tells them, like, oh, we're changing that shit. Like, we're going to go see Cinderella. And they just have this moment where they're sitting next to each other, and they're both just so enthralled and so captivated by what they're seeing on stage. And the music is just, it's it's beautiful. There's another scene similar to that where they go see Swan Lake together. And it's amazing that the ballet scenes, while not as insane as the ones in Black Swan, they really serve a similar purpose as far as making the characters, not only you feel their dread, because there are definitely points of dread in, in this film, but you feel this triumph, you feel this birth of their friendship through this circumstance that neither one of them could have ever fucking predicted they'd be in. It's just, there's something so beautiful about it, you know? And the first time they hang out, them seeing Cinderella, you know, that this is essentially like a storybook that it's almost, uh, it almost has to be a fairy tale given the situation they're in, but more like a grim fairy tale. But I love that. I love that attachment that the film is able to form really quickly and it builds their friendship up in a way that when things do start to get intense, you're, you're concerned about both of them. You're like, Oh fuck, this is bad. And I don't want to, you know, normally here on the podcast, we go full spoilers. I'm going to very much, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously we didn't get blown up, thankfully, uh, but I'm going to really stay away from a lot of things on this review because I really want people to see this for themselves. This is one of those films that is in the vein of something like Bridge of Spies, like Tinker Taylor, that I really would tell someone, hey, if you like a, quote, thinking man's thriller, unquote, this is something that I think you'll really enjoy. One of my favorite scenes, um, one thing I will, a couple things I will go through. There is the scene where Greville's been doing this for a while. So he tells his wife and that that was something that I was actually really happy about. They um, they flat out say um, Emily, Emily and I believe her boss's name is uh, is Cox as Mary serves. But they flat out say, do not tell your wife what you're doing. Do not tell her you're going to Moscow. Tell her you're going out of town on business. And so, you know, their life slowly starts to improve. And and his wife, uh, Sheila, I believe, played by Jessica, uh, by uh, Jesse Buckley, uh, she is going to sound terrible, but I, I stand by this. I really enjoyed her in this. Um, if you've not seen Wild Rose, by the way, um, I've heard nothing but good things, but I, I need to watch that. But I really wish I had more of her again, just because of where the plot is and where it ends up. You there, you get a decent amount of her in the beginning and then the movie for where it's going. You don't see her on screen for a little while. So I would have liked a little more of her, but I understand given the film it, it, you, you had to do, you had to kind of go about it this way. There is a scene later in the film that she has with a character and i i don't again don't want to spoil that i think is one of the best scenes in the entire film so even though she's a little more limited than i would like she does get some incredible moments here including one with greville where they go camping and 
she kind of brings up the fact that, you know, you've been really distant, you know, what's going on? Like, it, like they're having that sort of conversation. And what makes it so sad is that they do have a kid and Greville, because he's clearly stressed because something occurs that really makes things more intense and really amps up uh, the danger and really brings to light the gravity of the situation he's in. He just kind of, he just snaps on his kid and I, I, his son forgot. I want to say it's his rain jacket and Greville starts yelling. I'm like, Oh really? You forgot your jacket like that. You had one thing to do. You couldn't and really goes in on him in a way I went shit, man. He's just starting to snap it by no means excuses his shitty behavior, but you can clearly tell that his psyche is just in a place that he cannot handle that. It's just, he's losing it. And the pressure is really getting to him. And I love the way that you see that you see it break down. There's this great scene. Uh, I won't, this isn't a spoiler earlier on where Greville tries to get out of this. And Alex flat out comes over to his house and uh, brings some vodka and, um, and and flat out tells him, you know, like I'm trying to defect uh, Ru uh, Russia. You know that this is, you know, this is a big deal for me. And that, you know, I'm literally betting on you. I'm I'm betting my life with with you. And again, yes, very bromance, very sweet. It really does speak to the confidence that Alex has in uh, in in him. And that was something I found really uh, in Greville, pardon me. That was something I found very sweet and very heartwarming and potentially heartbreaking, too. The movie does a really good job of being, for me, well-paced. There are, there are some slower moments, I think, in the beginning, but it is definitely setting the table for where the film's going to go. And the film, I will say, takes a turn I personally wasn't expecting, for how they got there and where we kind of end up. And, and and I'll leave it at that. But that was something I went, oh wow, I'm really happy that you that you did that. Like I really love that you did that. There are these little moments too where you almost get the uh, Mr. Incredible <laughs> uh type montage from the the first Incredibles where you see Greville, he's working out. He comes home after one of these Moscow trips and immediately fuck Sheila like there's no tomorrow I was like ah oh. I was like oh go ahead Benedict <laughs> it, you get these moments like that where you feel his confidence growing and then as his confidence grows it feels like his marriage is just being stretched and it just pushed to its limit and so there are these multiple story plot lines that are going on that I went oh so there's Alec and the relationship he has with, with his wife and and, and that that's a whole thing there's him defecting there's Greville's marriage potentially falling apart there's the concept they could both get caught there's mi6 like the movie's balancing multiple things and as i was sitting here watching i went i never feel like a plot line leaves the main story for too long it always feels like they're doing enough to keep you reminded of everything even if it's not you know right there on screen it, it's it's really well executed, and I I really have to give uh, Tom O'Connor so much credit because yeah, 
writing a comedy like Hitman's Bodyguard. I mean, comedy is not easy to write. And again, I adore that fucking movie. But to go from that to something like this, where you are not just adapting, you know, I mean, I put adapting in quotes because it's based on a true story. But the fact that he was able to execute this script wise, as well as he does, along with your pacing, along with giving your your uh, your characters really inspirational things to say. There is a scene with like five minutes left and 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 you'll hear the when you hear the dialogue between the characters you'll know exactly what i'm talking about it's one of those things i went son of a bitch and i genuinely cried i had to pause i had to pause my uh my screener uh because i i really started crying i was like wow that really hit me in a spot that i was not expecting and i cried a couple times watching this um just because of some of the dialogue choices and because of uh, Greville and Alex's friendship and also some of the lines that uh, some scenes that uh, Greville and his wife have uh, him and his wife Sheila have there's just some heartbreaking shit here you go oh my god but the movie feels not only like it cares about these characters it it feels like it really embraces who they are and that's something that the script you know again credit to Tom McConnor uh, does so well the uh i i could not i could not find it because i was looking for it but the uh cinematography in this too is something like the way it's the way it is shot uh gives you that mission impossible man from uncle type vibe i i really love the way uh that it that it's shot um the, the score too uh uh sean uh, sean bob it's a cinema photographer uh well done sir um, he, oh, he's director of photography on Juice and the Black Messiah and a cinematographer on the rhythmic. God damn. Okay, dude. Yeah, you're okay. You're good. Your job. Fair enough. Um, but, uh, he did a great job with the cinematography and, uh, Abel, I'm going to butcher your name, sir. Uh, 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 he went ahead and did the, the score for this and, he hasn't scored anything that I've actually seen, but, uh, oh, he did a single man. Okay. That, that, that score is actually really good. Um, but he did a great job to score. The score knew exactly when to come in. It gives you almost this, uh, almost like a spy orchestra. It's like you combine like a spy thriller, like how you hear those certain themes with, you know, just, just this beautiful, beautiful beautiful score that again knows exactly when to come in and when to fade out it just it, it just hits it hits so well musically and just what you're seeing is just such a visual treat um i really just have so much admiration for this film um this was a complete surprise to me i hadn't seen a trailer for this i didn't even know this was coming out this was something i checked my inbox and saw oh Here's a screener for the courier. I was like, oh, Bendek, cool. You know, I, I looked up who was in it. That's all I did. I didn't even watch a, a, a trailer for it. But this was just, this was great. I genuinely adore this film. Um, it's not perfect. I would say that it does lag a little bit in the beginning. I mean, again, I, I don't normally ding it. I don't ding 
I'm not even going to ding it for this for it, but I think some people might be a little bored the first like 20 minutes. Like, all right, where are we going with this? But it doesn't overstay its welcome either. That was something else I was very happy about. I was like, okay, you knew when to kind of cut this off, which, you know, again, good. This is an hour and 51 minutes. It's just under two hours. I think that's, I think where they leave it is a perfect place to leave it, uh, which, Again, how often can you say that about a movie? It seems like more more movies overstay their welcome than understay it. But I could have actually used another 10 minutes. I wouldn't have minded this being, you know, a lean right at two hours. But again, I adore this movie. It's something I'm going to buy when it does come out on Blu-ray. Um, once I'm vaccinated in full and I can uh, go to a theater again, if this is still playing, I might go see it just to actually support it. Like I enjoyed it that much. So this is a solid A for me. I I, I adore this. Um, again, by no means perfect, but for what I want of a spy thriller and more of those old school spy thrillers, this hit perfectly for me. So yeah, A, easily. But everyone, have you seen The Courier? If you have. What did you think about it? Let us know in the comments below. What's your favorite spy thriller? Like not, you know, like the like not like the boring movies or anything like that, but what's your more like more like subdued favorite spy thriller? For me, this is right there, like I said, with a Tinker Taylor Soldier. Actually, this is better than Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, but this is right there with Bridge of Spies for me. Absolutely adore this. But yeah, let us know in the comments. You can go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. Don't forget to like our gaming channel, Real Pineapple Games, on Facebook as well. Follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. That's R-E-E-L, pineapple. And go ahead and follow Scott on Twitter at, as well at Nearman the First. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher and iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and TuneUp, to name a few at The Real Pineapple. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up here soon uh, for Falcon and Winter Soldier once that season concludes. Got four more, epi- uh, three more episodes after this Friday. I'm so excited to talk about that. Um, we will have reviews up for all the Best Picture nominees before Oscars on the 25th. I'm really excited to rewatch all those, figure out what my favorites are. And yeah, we'll also have reviews up here for the Mighty Ducks uh, Game Changers when that season is over as well. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, I love you all so much. Take care of each other. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you soon.